Amen. Amen. Give the Lord some praise and take a seat. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Uh, as we get going, the first thing I want to do is invite our City Light School mission students. They're going to come up here. We're going to pray over them. Why don't y'all welcome them? Woo! Welcome them. Come on up. Come on up. As they're coming up here, so slowly, so slowly. And hey, um, y'all can stand right here. As they're coming up, the first thing I want to do is also invite you. Uh, tomorrow, our classes start for the School of Mission, as I explained, I think, a couple weeks ago. You can uh, audit them. You can take them. You can come learn. So that's going to be Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays from 9 to 12 or 9.30 to 12 in the morning. Be here at 9. And you can come take those classes. If you have some availability, you can register online. If you can make it to some of them, I promise you're going to learn a lot. So if you just have a schedule that you're able to do that, hopefully we'll be able to put these online eventually as well. But they're going to be like real classes taught by a Liberty professor. They're going to be good, all right? So uh, I encourage you to come join us and learn more about that. You can find more information about that on the website, City Light, or you can talk to Maria in the back. Raise your hand, Maria. Woo, that's Maria. Okay. You can talk to Maria. She can help set you up. So these are our students. Y'all welcome them. Say, woo! Uh, we're excited to have, uh, have you here. It's Joshua, Silas, Gabby, and Keziah, all right? They're going to be here for these next uh, four months or so, studying the Word of God, learning more about uh, the Bible, learning more about the Lord, learning more about evangelism, and then they're going to be spending their entire afternoons serving our community, serving around here, serving in D.C., uh, sharing the gospel, blessing people. They're just going to be out there in the harvest, you know? So uh, Luke 10, Jesus says, listen, the harvest is plentiful, you know some of those verse, but the laborers are few. So the goal is just to raise up more laborers. That's what we're going to do, is to raise up laborers who know how to share the gospel, who want to share the gospel, who are able to do so in good deeds and in good words, and who are equipped to do so well. So we hope to see this program flourish, but just as you see them around, encourage them. Uh, you're always welcome to go out. We're going to have a schedule available. And so if you're learning, hey, how can I come serve with you guys? Uh, almost every afternoon, we're going to be out there somewhere. Uh, and so you're welcome to do that as well. So I just want to put them in front of you when you see them. Give them a high five, lay your hand and pray over them, bless them, take them out to lunch, you know, do something, all right, to encourage them and help them. Uh, they're going to be spending a month as well with City Light Caretero uh, in April, and they're going to be going to serving down there. So it's going to be an amazing four months, be transformative for them. So I'm going to pray over their lives, and I'm going to have you go ahead and put your hands up like this, and we're going to pray over them together, all right? Uh, Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you for these four students. We pray uh, for your great blessing on them, that you would make them more like Jesus, that they would learn and grow more than ever before. We pray as well that you would use their lives greatly to lead people to Jesus, God, to, to go out into the harvest, Lord, and to help people know who you are, to show the love of God through good works and good deeds. May you use them mightily, Lord, to advance your kingdom. We thank you for this great opportunity to serve you in this way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys very much. Y'all can go ahead and come back down. All right. Also, we want to make sure that you're here on Saturday. It's Immerse, which is our 9 to 9, 12 hours of prayer, fasting, and worship. You can come at any time. You can come in. You can come out. You can go. You can come back. At 6 o'clock, we will eat together. And then from 7 to 9, we will blow the roof off and just praise the Lord. So come join us at some part during the day. 
Um, it's not just an event here at church, but remember, we really believe that prayer is the work. This is the means by which we accomplish anything this year. This is the means by which we accomplish anything at all. It's through prayer. So we pray every Thursday night. Join us at Restore, 6.30 to 7.30. Come join us. And then we set up times, three times a year, these significant times of prayer, fasting, and worship because we believe this is how we actually get things done in the kingdom, in the spiritual world. So come join us at any time to pray and to serve. Bring your friends. Bring your lighthouse. Be here on Saturday. And then there are baptisms Sunday if you want to get baptized. Fill a form online. We'd love to help you with that on Sunday. All right, today's our third week of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. When we're talking about freedom, fasting for freedom. And we're going to talk about change and transformation this morning. And this is the time of year that we're all naturally focused on change. We come into the new year and we all think about ways we need to change, things that we want to change, things that we wish we could change. We naturally, inherently want to be transformed. There's something about us that knows that we need to make some progress, that there are things in our lives that aren't the way we wish they were and aren't how they should be. And so we come into a new year and we make New Year's resolutions and half of you have probably already quit on those, you know, 15 days, 16 days, however, 20 days, I don't even know what the day is. The snow days have thrown me off. I have no idea. No idea what day of the week or anything like that. Okay, so uh, we, we want to change. This is what we want to see happen. We have New Year's resolutions. We have difficulty filling them out. But you know you want to grow. You want to get better. You want to progress in life. But change is hard. Often change is like shoveling the snow just to have it snow again. And how many of you have experienced that this weekend? You go out. I go to my driveway. I get my, get my kids to try to help me, which they're cute and they try to help, but you know, you know, they're not as helpful. Yeah, so they're learning, they're learning how to be helpful with that. So we're, we're shoveling, shoveling, we spend, you know, 30 minutes, throw the ice down, 30 minutes later, man, it looks great. The driveway's clear, the steps are clear, everything looks great. Put a lot of work in, nobody's gonna slip, you know? And then two hours later, a nice dusting comes over, you know, and it just covers it again. And then off we go again. Or then like we had this week, two days later, you get a whole another three or four inches, and here we go again. This is how it feels in our lives, all right? We shovel things out of the way. We melt the ice. We make some progress. We feel good about it just to have things end up the way they were in the beginning, to have something happen that takes us back, to have a struggle, to go back into the habits we thought we had gotten out of and change feels hard. I know many of you are in that place this morning and say, man, I would like to change, but change is hard. Or there may be some of you who just resist making certain changes. And you're doing so because you think that it'll be better for you if you keep doing things your way. And so you're resisting the kind of changes that need to be made in your life, particularly spiritually or maybe towards the Lord. Maybe there's some of you who you're listening, you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. But you're still, still resisting actually turning to Christ or you're resisting fleeing from that particular thing that God calls sin that you'd prefer to st stay in your life. You're resisting these things, sometimes all in the name of freedom. You don't want to change because you don't want to do things someone else's way. You want to be free to be you. Well, I just want to put in front of you this morning uh, that change is actually the way to bring about real freedom in your life. Let me give you an example 
Now, so I am terribly bad at paperwork or getting things done, okay, like that, all right? I'm just awful at it, which just, it has trouble in other areas of my life. For example, like when my tags go bad on my car, it's just a hassle, you know, like to fill out the things, to go get it done, to blah, 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 to find the title. I don't forget what my VIN number was. I don't, you know, like you're just going all these things, There's all these barriers to getting something done. And so somebody like me will tend to push that off. And, you know, if you're driving around without your tags right, that could produce problems in your life. And what ends up happening is I know my tags aren't right. I know I should get them fixed. And so I end up driving hyper aware of where all the police are in my life, you know? I'm nervous. I see one turn, I turn. I'm just avoiding the police at every possible way. I'm living enslaved to my own lack of ability to get things done. I don't, I resist the chains, but the resistance to the chains is the very thing that leaves me in bondage. And as soon as I actually overcome that barrier, put the work in and get things changed and get the right tags on the car, the change, following the rules, getting things right in my life doesn't box me in. It actually frees me up. It actually allows me to live with more freedom, more confidence, less worry. And that's what I want to present to you this morning. Maybe some of you that but becoming more like Jesus or doing things God's way you think is a barrier to your own freedom. What I want to actually help you see is that as long as you resist doing things God's way, you are choosing to stay in bondage. You are choosing to stay in ways that aren't healthy and good for you. And instead of resisting the change that God wants to make in your life because you want to keep your freedom, I want to encourage you to welcome the change that God wants to make in your life so you can actually experience the real freedom that God has made for you. So wherever you are on the change dynamic, for all of us, change can be overwhelming. And I want to help you actually during these 21 days change. I want to help you do this. And so I want to present to you this morning that instead of five resolutions, you only need one. I'm going to make things simple for you, okay? You made five, but you just need one. And instead of relying on yourself to get things done in your life, relying on yourself to change, relying on your willpower, there's actually someone else that you can rely on who can do a lot better job of changing you than you can. What I want to tell you this morning is that real transformation and change, the kind that's deep enough to last, the kind that satisfies and brings about freedom, and the kind that can really produce real change in your life is only found in Jesus. And here's the encouraging part is this does not come by willpower, force, coercion, or discipline, but by love. You've been trying to change by willpower, force, sheer discipline, and real change happens by love. It happens in relationship. And it happens in relationship with Jesus. And I want to offer, offer that to you this morning, the real change that God wants to have in you the real transformation he wants to see take place. So in light of that, today's message, which some of you will get, is called, I started at the bottom, but now I'm here, all right? I started from the bottom, but now I'm here. I wanna encourage you about how you can make progress in your life from where you are to where you should be and would like to be. So go ahead and open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter three. We're gonna keep working on these three verses piece by piece. So I'm just going to read them all again. Verse 16, he says, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
We'll stop there. Remember the path to freedom. We've gone over this every time, okay? F, freedom is only found in God. You will not move forward in your life until you start with God. You cannot find freedom apart from God. Freedom is only found in God. That was the first message. R, how do I be free? R, I repent and run to God. This was last week. How do I encounter God, find God, interact with God? Well, I have to do these two things. I have to repent from sin and run to God. I cannot turn to God unless I turn away from sin. Very important for us to understand. If you missed that last week, I highly encourage you to go listen to it. And then E, which we're going to talk about today, is experience transformation. So freedom's found in God. I have to go to God to get it. How do I go to God? I repent from my sin and I run to God. Spend time in his presence. What should I expect when I do that? Transformation. And then the one we're going to see next week, the final E in free, is I then engage with God in the daily process of change. Remember, change happens in two ways. It happens in a moment, a supernatural moment in time where God breaks through and changes something in your life, in your heart, in your soul. And then it also happens in a daily process of growth and change that we submit to. We need to look for and enjoy both things. Big moments where God changes things and daily processes where I engage with him in transformation. That's the path to freedom. F-R-E-E. Today we're on the third one, which is experience transformation. The way we want to do this is I'm just going to point out three aspects of change. So experience transformation. This is what we're talking about. How do I experience real transformation? And I'm going to take the text here and just point out three aspects of change. The first aspect is this. You want to write down is that change is happening. Change is happening. I want to make you aware of this to make sure you understand that in one sense, this is true of all of us. All of us are becoming something more or less every day. Change is happening in your life. You are becoming more of something or less of something, right? You are either growing more bitter towards someone or growing more forgiving towards them. It's not like you're not doing anything. Your change is happening in your life. You are, you are growing towards something, a type of person, an attitude, a way of life, and away from something else. Every day, you are changing. Here's what you need to understand is even if not many things in your life are changing, you are still changing. You may feel stuck, and you may not realize this, but whether you feel stuck or not, whether you feel like things aren't changing in your life, what you have to understand is even if things in your life aren't changing, you are still changing. A simple example is that everything in your life may be the same, but you are still growing old, which I experienced. My birthday was last Friday. I am now 38 years old. Yeah, two steps from 40. Man. You know, when you're in your 30s, you can at least pretend to be young. Like, yeah, I'm in my 30s. It's not that old. It could be 31, 38. I'm just in my 30s. It's all the same. So I'm two steps away from not being able to say that anymore. I, the things in my life may be the same. Hey, is it all right I'm not in the 40s? Is it okay in the 40s? Is it all right out there? Yeah, is it good? Okay. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. This is hilarious. And people, you're like, they're like 21-year-olds who don't understand what I'm talking about. Okay, you are getting older. I know you don't realize it, but it is happening to you. Hey, freedom in the 40s. Okay, it's something to look forward to. That's good. That's good. So you're changing. Hey, that's my point, all right? You're changing. Whether you like it or not, you are changing. Whether you feel stuck or not, you are changing. An example of that is you are getting older. Now, Here's an important truth, is that everyone is changing, but only some are transforming. 
is very different. Everyone is changing. That's unavoidable. But only some of us are transforming. Only some of us are moving towards that which we were made to be. And so I want to offer you this morning something better than change. I want to offer you this morning something better than a new habit. I want to offer you this morning something better than change. I want to offer you transformation. For those of you who are not in Christ yet, this message is an invitation to real transformation that you will only find in Jesus, to go from death to life and light to dark, to go from being uh, under the wrath of God to being a child of God, the real transformation that needs to take place in your life, to be everything you were designed and made to be. This is very important for us to understand in our lives. And there are those of you who are here in Christ today, though. I also want to point out part of this verse that should encourage you to help you understand what God is doing in your life. I want to encourage you this morning about how God is already working. Look how this verse says it. It says, uh, are being transformed. We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Are being transformed. This is good news, is that God is actively making you right now that which he wants you to be. You may feel stuck, but you are changing. You can constantly say, if you are in Christ today, and even if you are struggling, you can constantly say that I am moving forward. You can confidently say this morning, that who I am today is not who I was. Where I am today is not where I was. How things were going is not how things are going. I may have started at the bottom in the pit of my sin, but by the grace of God, I am not where I was. I am where God wants me to be. You should say with great confidence, you may feel so upset that so many things in your life are not changing. You may feel so bothered by the fact that certain sins are holding you so strong. You may feel so upset about certain aspects in your life that feel like are not making much progress. But by the grace of God, you started at the bottom, but now you're here. You need to remember this, that you are not where you were and you are where God has put you. This is very important for you to understand because this is how it's going to change your life. Listen to me. We will be more content if we focus on how far we have come than how far we are away. We will be more content if we think about how far have I come. You know what we spend most of our time thinking about? How far we are away. Away from this change, away from this relationship, away from this money, my away from this, away from this health, away, away, away. We're thinking all the time about how far we are away, the distance between us and what we want, and we neglect to remember how far we have come. And because we do not remember how far we have come, we become ungrateful. We become discontent. This is like on, on our road trips when I drive to my my homeland of Alabama, where my parents currently live, roll tide, even though, even though things are not going well for our team, you know, hills and valleys, okay? Hey, yeah, I'm sure some of you are very excited about that. Uh, when I go home, you know, it's, it's like a 12-hour trip, all right, for me to drive to Alabama. Now, there's two perspectives you can have. When we're driving, I can either say, wow, we've made it six hours already. We've come so far. That's pretty encouraging. You look around and say, hey, guys, we've made it six hours. Yeah, okay, that's great. Or the other perspective is, hey, guys, we, how, how are we there yet? The kids ask. I said, we still have six hours to go. 
Say, oh, you know, ask for a smile. Oh, are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, no. How many parents have said, we'll be there when we get there? What kind of question is that? We're driving. Of course we're not there. You want to jump out of the car? What does that mean? Are we there yet? The car is going. It has not stopped. We are not in front of a house. Why are you asking if we're there? Do you have eyes? Can you see? This is my godly parenting coming out of say. With much patience. What kind of question is that? But there are two ways to view that road trip. I can think about how far I've come and be encouraged, or I can think about how far I am away and be disappointed. And the same is true with our life. You can think about how far you have come, how far the Lord has brought you, how, far, how much the Lord has changed in your life, how faithful God has been, how you were once here. And even if it's just, man, the greatest thing, I was once away and separated from God. The one I need. My sins were not forgiven. I was stuck in a pit of death and destruction. And now I am a child of God. I am secure in his family. My sins are forgiven. I have the hope of heaven. I have come so far, I was once in darkness, and now I'm in light. I once thought like this, and now I think like this. I once viewed life this way, and now I view it this way. And I am making progress. I have come so far. I want to encourage you in Christ, to those of you who are in Christ, to start thinking more, way, way, way more about how far you have come than how far you are away. Be encouraged that the Lord is working in transforming your life. He says you are being transformed. This phrase, are being transformed, also teaches us something helpful, and we're going to do more on this next week, but just to give a little shout out to it, it teaches us that transformation is a process. Not only is it happening, but it's happening progressively. Are being transformed, not have been totally transformed, but are being every day, step by step, the process of change is happening in my life. I am becoming more and more like Christ as I join him in what he has done in my life. I am being transformed. The encouraging part about this is just because you are not where you want to be doesn't mean you won't get to where you want to go. Listen to me again. Just because you are not where you want to be does not mean you will not get to where you want to go. In Christ, with your spiritual growth and process, you need to trust the process God is working in your life. We're going to talk about that next week. So, you change is happening. This is already happening in your life. Now, there is another side to this about change. So, I've talked about the good news of this, that change is happening in Christ. You are being transformed. Well, there's also another side, because as I said before, just because you are changing doesn't mean you are transforming. And if Christ is not transforming you, then you are not changing for the better, but for the worse. There's a kind of change that happens in your life that is not good and does not help you. And if Christ is not involved in the transformation of your life, if your change is not leading you to become more like Christ, it is a, therefore a negative change. There is a way to change in the wrong way. So I want to make sure we're not doing that. So here's the second, the second aspect of change you need to consider. You need to ask this question in your life. How is the change happening? How is the change happening? Am I changing or am I transforming? So change is happening. It's happening. No question is, how is it happening? How is change happening? And really what you need to consider, am I changing or am I transforming? Is the change happening in my life good or bad? Is it passive? Something's being done to me and I'm changing? Or is it proactive? I'm joining in something to change. Is it according to the truth? Am I changing in line with the truth? Is my life becoming more aligned with the truth or is it according to a lie? Is my life becoming more aligned with falsehoods? 
What kind of change? How is it happening in my life? Am I changing or am I transforming? Now, my wife is pregnant. We're going to have a child, Lord willing, in April. Hey, yeah. Yeah, okay. So we're very excited, very excited. Very excited. I'm just old. I'm just old, you know, so I'm very excited, though. I'm very excited. And uh, she's going to be a world changer, okay? Okay, she's going to be awesome. Now, this has made me think a lot about, you know, cribs and all these things. One of the things is our youngest is five. So we have gotten rid of every possible baby thing we have ever owned in our entire life. So if anybody has any extras, you can shoot it to my house at 7,800. But this made me think about sometimes before. But I used to have to build lots of cribs because we have lots of kids. And one time I remember trying to put a crib together. And unfortunately, I didn't take the time to read the directions and I built the crib backwards, which basically means that I could not connect the bottom gate uh, bedding, you know, whatever that thing is called, the black thing with the little gates in it. It looks like the, the, the base. I could not connect it to the legs because the holes were faced the other way. I had built the crib backwards. So it was supposed to be facing inside and I had built it outside because I just assumed it was all the same. I didn't read the directions. Now, the point of that is to help you see the difference. Something was changing, but it wasn't transforming. It was changing to become something, but it wasn't becoming the thing that it was built to be. Therefore, it wasn't transforming. That's the difference. To change is to move things around, to change the way things go, even to build something. But to transform is to build something according to that which it is supposed to be. And you may be changing a million things in your life, but you haven't transformed at all because you are not moving towards the direction for which your creator has made you. You must follow the instructions of the word of God to do this. This is why Romans 12, 2 says this. It's so important for you to make this distinguishing mark. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So there are only two types of change happening in your life and in the world. There's the change of being conformed to the world. I am becoming more like the world by what the world says and pushes on me. Or I am being transformed to become more like Christ. Those are the only types of changes happening ever in the world for any human being ever. You are either being conformed or transformed. A way you could say it is this, like this. It might be worth writing down is that either the world is conforming my life by ruining my mind, or the word is transforming my life by the renewing of my mind. So the world is conforming my life to be like the world by ruining my mind, putting thoughts in there that are not true, putting impure things before my eyes and in my ears, putting lies and falsehoods in my ears and in my eyes and in my line of sight. Conforming my mind to be more like the world, making me more greedy, more selfish. All of these things, it's forming my mind to think like the world, to think about my way, to think about my rights, to think about my feelings. Conforming me, teaching me, how should I think, how should I live? And that type of teaching ruins us. And if you are changing that way, just like me with the crib, you are building your life backwards. And then you're not going to be able to connect the dots. You're going to be frustrated. This is what happens when we build our lives according to how the world teaches us. It ruins us. You're either changing by ruin or you're changing by renewal. You're either moving forwards or backwards. And you're either doing it according to the word or according to the world. 
Either God's thoughts are leading you to become more like Jesus, to become transformed by the renewing of your mind, to be transformed according to what is true, what is pure, what is good, what is worthy, what is holy, what is righteous, what is helpful. God's word and thoughts should renew your mind towards these ends, to transform you into becoming a person of light, holiness, purity, helpfulness, righteousness, and so on. Or the other option is the world's thoughts are leading you to be conformed by ruining your mind and instead of moving you towards light, moves towards darkness. Instead of being transformed towards what's true, you're being conformed to what's untrue. Instead of being transformed to what's pure, you're being conformed to what's impure. Instead of being transformed to what's good, you're being conformed to what's not good. And so on and on and I could go. These are the two things that are happening. An easy way to say it is either the world is conforming you to be like it or Jesus is transforming you to be like him. And if you're not, here's what I want to present to you. If you're not being transformed, you are not becoming the person for which you were created to be, which is why no matter how many things you do to change your life, it still comes up empty because it doesn't get you to what you were inherently made to be. Your soul knows sometimes what your mind does not. It knows what it was made for. And so are you being changed or are you being transformed? Are you being conformed to the world, passively letting the, th the thoughts, the teachings, the vibes, the way of the world form you into who you think you should be, which leads towards destruction, or are you proactively letting God's thoughts, God's mind, God's word transform you into who you were made to be? Those are the two types of change. How is change happening in your life? Now you must reflect on that. Reflect on that by time. How much time do you spend listening to, watching, letting the world teach you? How much time do you spend listening to, watching, letting God teach you? How much input is godly? How much input is ungodly? Who's teaching you? Who has the greatest influence in your life? Who are you listening to and watching? Are you being conformed or are you being transformed? I hope to help you avoid building your life backwards to help you get it right from today so that you can do things the way God has asked you to do them. So that's the second one. The third one is this, which is very important and something we need to consider now is what am I changing into? So change is happening. All of us are changing, but only some of us are transforming. How am I changing, either by the world or by the word? What am I changing into? Now this is important because this is where we get it wrong. This is why change and transformation is slow to work and it doesn't actually work out in our lives so often because the goal for many of us and really the goal for the world at large, if I'm going to change, the goal is to become a better version of myself. That's what I want to change, a healthier version of myself, a stronger version of myself, a smarter version of myself, a more disciplined version of myself, a better version of myself. However, this is hard to pull off, and if we do, still leaves us empty, because here's what you have to understand. A better version of you is not who you were made to be. You were not made to be the best version of you. The Bible doesn't say that we are being transformed into being the best me that I can be. The Bible says here that we are being transformed into what? The same image transformed into the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into Christ, not ourselves. 
Who are you trying to change into? What are you trying to be? The goal is not to be a better version of ourselves, which I fear is the majority of our resolutions, thoughts, and efforts. You are never called to be the best you you can be because that'll still leave you empty. You are called and designed to become like Jesus. And the Bible says here, as we behold Jesus, as we worship him, as we focus on him, we become like him. And let me just say to you this morning, what should hopefully be obvious, is that becoming like Jesus is way better than the best version of yourself. Becoming like Jesus is way better than the best version of yourself. Even to those of you who aren't Christians yet, I hope you can see this. The emptiness in becoming the best you and the fullness in becoming like Jesus, who is God. Jesus, let me remind you, is the best. To become like Jesus is awesome. Jesus is the happiest being in the universe. Jesus is fully, completely, 100% happy. Jesus is the most secure person in the world. Jesus has not one strand of insecurity in his life. Jesus is the most content person ever. Jesus is always fully and completely content. Jesus is the most hopeful, the most peaceful, the most generous, the most kind, the most helpful, the most true, and the most lovely person. Jesus is the very essence of every good thing. Jesus is the fullness of what the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you want to be something great, then the best thing is to be like Jesus. Listen, you want to have more self-control this year? Then be like Jesus. Do you want to be more gentle and have less outbursts of anger this year? Then focus on becoming more like Jesus. Do you want to be more patient with those around you? Then be more like Jesus. Do you want to be more loving? Then focus on being more like Jesus. Do you want to be more joyful and less depressed? Then focus on being more like Jesus. Do you want to be more good and less bad? Then become like Jesus. Do you want to live more full and be less empty? Then become like Jesus. Do you want to handle your money better this year? Then become more like Jesus. Do you want to be a better spouse? Then become more like Jesus. Do you want to be a better son or daughter? Then become like Jesus. Do you want to be a better brother or sister? Then become more like Jesus. Do you want to be a better friend? Then become more like Jesus. Do you want to be a better employee or boss? Then become more like Jesus. Do you want to be better? Then you need to become like Jesus. I'm going to simplify your life this morning. Instead of trying 10 new things, you just need one. You need to become more like Jesus. And if you become more like Jesus, all these other things will fall into place. It's a simple formula that quality beats quantity. That you could become 10 other things that are like a 5 out of 10, or you could become the one thing that's a 10 out of 10. You could be mediocre at 100 things, or you could be excellent at one great thing. You have tried so many different things, tips and tricks. You're trying to control your life. You're trying to exercise more self-control. You're trying to be more disciplined. You're trying to grow in certain areas. And I commend that. Those are good things. And there's certainly some effort you must put into the Christian life. We're gonna talk about that next week. What does it look like to apply myself to what God has said? This is important, but it has to be in the context of if I focus and prioritize on becoming like Jesus, then I will in turn be the best version of everything else. Because Jesus has complete self-control. So if I become more like Jesus, I will grow in self-control. 
Self-control is a byproduct. You know self-control, this is very important, is a fruit of the Spirit. It is not a fruit of thyself. I'm going to be more self-controlled. No, you're not. It's a fruit of the Spirit. If you engage with the Holy Spirit by becoming more like Jesus, the byproduct is that you will have more self-control. All the things you want to be, especially those of you in Christ, all the things that you want to be, that you know you're supposed to be, are byproducts of one thing, is becoming more like Jesus. And if you would simplify your life on this one thing, you would begin to fulfill all these other things. This is very important because now remember, remember, here, I'll wait here, I want you to write this down before we move on from this. I'm not trying to be the best me I can be. This is very important. I'm not trying to be the best me I can be. God transforms me, not to be my best self, but to be like Jesus. You need to write this down, you need to meditate on this, you need to think about this often. I am not, I am not, I am not, and nor should I try to be the best me I can be. Even if I became the best version of myself, that would still be totally unhelpful to me and to you. The, the fullest version of Nate Crew is still a sinner. I need Jesus. You need to become more like Jesus. So God transforms me. He doesn't transform me to be my best self, but to be like Jesus. And the more I join him in that, the more I'm going to see transformation in my life, which is beautiful. Now remember, remember this. What did we just learn last week? How does a person transform? What does it say? It says, and we all... <clears throat> with great work ethic and discipline are being transformed into the same image. No, 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 no. And we all, with great exercise of force and might, great Christian valor, are being transformed and becoming more like Jesus. No, what does it say? And we all, with unveiled face, here's the key, beholding the glory of the Lord. See how wonderful this is? And once again, I'm not dismissing what you need to do because you, you and I need to do a lot of things. We're going to talk about that next week. But the primary thing, the first thing, the main thing, the really essential thing is to behold the glory of the Lord. You see what happens? Look at this. It's totally different. You're trying to wake up. You're trying to get the right disciplines in order. You're trying to exercise, do the right things. You're trying to put these right things in order. You're trying to grow. You're trying to read the right books. You're trying all these different things. And those are good. Once again, I'm not knocking those. But to say the primary source of transformation is simply for me to enjoy my relationship with God. It is not for me to be a better Christian or to try harder. It is for me to enjoy more the presence of Jesus. It's for me to spend more time looking at something beautiful. You're saying that's the process of change. If I would spend more time being loved, that's the process of change. If I would spend more time letting someone else work on me than working on me myself, that's the process of change. If I would spend more time enjoying my maker, being full of joy in his presence, beholding the most beautiful being in the world, gazing upon him, spending time with him, receiving love from him, if I position myself, you're saying that's the process of change. I'm saying, yes, yes, yes. This is what will radically alter your life. We change, like we talked about, by beholding the glory of the Lord, by being in God's presence. And in the presence of God, he begins to work on us in ways that we can never work on ourselves. 
and he begins to transform us. Because unlike you and me, who build cribs backwards and don't listen to instructions, God knows exactly what he's trying to build at every possible moment and in every possible turn. God knows exactly what needs to get worked on in your life. He knows exactly what things need to be brought up in your spirit. He knows exactly what things need to be reminded of in your mind. He knows exactly what things need to be convicted of in your heart. He knows exactly how you need to be encouraged to press forward. He knows exactly what you need. And if you would place yourself in the good physician's hands, he would work on you to make you better. You are not the good physician. You're a terrible doctor of your soul. Okay, some of you might be great doctors. Praise the Lord for you. But we're all terrible doctors of our souls. And we're placing our souls in our own hands. And then we're surprised that we turn out so bad. Listen, I want you to be free this morning to say, all I have to do is show up to Jesus. That's the main thing. I have to make sure I give time to Jesus. I have to make sure I hear from the word of Jesus. It's in this place of the presence of God that we are transformed. This is once again why we pray. This is why we do things like immerse from nine to nine. This is why we show up every Thursday night with no agenda except to worship God. It's because it's in the place of God's presence, in the place where God's word is being sung or taught or prayed over. It's in the place where minds are focused on him. That is at the place where the Holy Spirit begins to operate and transform us. And we become something we weren't even aware of how to become in the first place. And it's beautiful because God did it. And it's sustainable because God did it. And it lasts in our lives because God did it. And it moves us in the right direction because God did it. And it leads to transformation, not just change, because God did it. It fulfills and satisfies our souls because God did it, not us. It changes our very lives simply because God was the one who did it. And God knows what he's doing. So who are you trying to become? What are you trying to change into? The final thing I want to point out, especially to those of you who are here, and you say, man, I really do love Jesus, is I want to put some holy pressure on your life to say what you change into matters because that is exactly what you reflect to the world. What you're changing into matters because that is exactly what you are reflecting to the world. And the question for every Christian in the room should be, am I presenting a clear image of Jesus to the world around me? As they interact with me, do they get a good picture of who Jesus is? As they engage with me, do they get a good feel of the love of God? As they hear my words, do they get a good sense of how Jesus would talk? As they're around my presence, do they get a good sense of what it would feel like to be near Jesus? Do they get a good sense of what it's like to know God? Do they have a clear picture of who Jesus is? And to make it an aim for you this morning, to make the the picture of Jesus that people have through you of um, you know, 1080, whatever the greatest thing is, 4D, whatever, to make it the clearest picture possible that people could have of Jesus. That you would not only want to become like Jesus, to become who you were supposed to be and to be able to enjoy that relationship with God to see transformation happen in your life, but that you would want to become like Jesus so that you could show others who Jesus really is so your life could have a greater impact for God so that as they spend time with you, they get a better picture of who Jesus is really like so they can turn to God and trust in him. This is my plea for those of you. And now I want to ask 
as the band comes back up, we're going to respond to God. We have left some time here this morning. I want you to go ahead and close your eyes, and I want you to consider these few questions. You are already changing. Are you changing or are you transforming? I want you to consider and reflect on that in your life. I want you to consider and reflect on how change is happening in your life. Are you passively being changed by the world around you? Or are you proactively being changed or transformed by the word of God? And finally, I want you to consider and reflect on this. What am I changing into? You know, if I'm honest with myself, am I really trying to be a better version of myself? Or am I trying to change into the image of Jesus Christ? And as we sing and as we pray, once again, I want to make the altar open for you to come and find freedom and transformation in the presence of God. For you to come and get the prayer that you need to turn to God. Maybe some of you realize this morning that no matter how many things I change, I will never be transformed. And I need Jesus. You need to trust in Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection for your soul and the forgiveness of your sins. You can't change at all until you start with Jesus. Some of you may be realizing that you're changing the wrong way. You're building your life backwards. You're doing it according to what you feel or how you think things should go. You never read the instructions that God gave you. And you're realizing that now. You're saying, man, I really need to come back to the beginning and restart this thing with God. I need to do it his way. Some of you who just need to repent of trying to change into becoming like someone else, wishing you were someone else trying to be a better version of you, anything other than God, and saying, now I realize I need to make becoming like Jesus the only essential thing in my life. Maybe you're here and you say, like any of us, man, I really do need more self-control. I really do need more patience. I really do need more love. I would love these things to mark me. I would love the fruits of the Holy Spirit to mark my life this year. And I just want to come and submit that to the Lord. I want to leave that at the altar with God and ask God, Lord, as I become more like Jesus, would you grant me more self-control? Whatever it is now in the presence of God, let the Holy Spirit and the good surgeon, the Father, work in your heart and your life. And let this be a moment that transforms you for the long haul. I'm gonna pray, and then the altar will be open, the prayer team will be down front. I'll go ahead and ask the prayer team, would you please come down front? And I encourage you guys to use this time now to engage with the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you are so patient with us, Lord. We thank you that not only do you love to change us and transform us, but you're so kind and patient with us during this process. We thank you, Lord, that you alone have the power to make us who we were made to be. And I pray, Lord, that we would experience transformation in the presence of God through the word of God, that this would be the primary means by which we as a people change. I pray, Lord, that you would give us now great spiritual discernment to the realities of our soul, where we are really at with you and what it looks like to move forward your way, not our way. I pray that you would help us begin to build the life that you have called us to build so that we can become who you've called us to become, which is more like you. Right now, Lord, we open our hearts to you and we ask that you would work by your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.